0: Welcome to the Marla Movement Podcast. Each episode we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health and mindful being. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode. This is episode 11 and... Things have changed up around here. So as you've probably noticed, I have changed the name to Marla Movement and I actually put a poll out on Instagram and a lot of you voted because I was actually asking whether I should morph this podcast into like a dual podcast with my partner, Mark and me. So we came up with Marla Movement. It's something that we've been talking about for probably since we've actually met Marla movement and I'm going to hand it over to Michael let him introduce himself um, because what we're wanting to create together is really magical we've always wanted to do something together and I feel like our conversations are already so potent and powerful behind closed doors without a mic and we always have amazing chats so I really wanted to bring him into this um, and yeah allow him to share because he used to have his own podcast but We're doing the van life now, and things have changed, and we've just really come back together and just feel more powerful together in our message, and we're so in alignment with all of that. So I'm handing it over to my love, Mark.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. My name's Mark Laguno, the other half of Laura. I'd say the worst half or the better half, either one.
0: (laughs) We're matchy-matchy. Matchy-matchy. Okay,
1: so um, just to to give you a bit of a background, so... Yeah, we started this these ideas probably a few years back when we first uh were dating. And I recently shut down my previous podcast called Triple B Movement, which is Building Better Builders. And so that was geared towards men in in the building and construction industry, so generally tradies and men in general. Uh so my background is is in building, carpentry, and also a bit of a holistic health background, a bit of a health nut when it comes to uh, fitness when it comes to movement when it comes to a bit of the environment so me and Laura yeah we have our deep chats and I think uh, we align forces we've wanted to do this for a while like she, she was mentioning just before but now we, we feel like we're in alignment and why keep it separate when we are together and we've got the same we're on the same path same mission and now aligning forces we can get really impact a lot more people and really get conversation started and Laura's done a fabulous job with her previous episodes on her podcast. She's done really well. And that's something that I really love about Laura as well. Like when I first met her, I had this, this sense of she was going to accomplish and she had this big vision. And uh, at first, I think she just needed that belief. I think I, I sort of pushed her along that way. And now she's given me belief as well in myself. So I think it's a, it's a collaborative experience that we get to go on this journey together. So now we're at a point where we're doing a van build. We're, we're hashtag life heading out, <laughs> heading out on the road, hitting the, hitting the ground running, and we're just going to go on a bit of an adventure, and at the same time, be able to apply a lot of the principles and practices we're doing in our current life, and also be challenged by what's out there, and also be, be a bit of a, a beacon, a light of uh, inspiration, but also uh, give, give some more, flesh out some experiences, I guess, from our point of view and our perspective, and really get it down into some of the conversations that Laura has been mentioning on a previous podcast and, and myself with uh, with the industry and how we can all sort of commune and I guess collaborate and really be be this collective that starts to move towards uh, a better direction in life.
0: And that's what I like about us. Like we, we do do things a little bit differently, like quite a lot differently.
1: How so? <laughs> we, Talk to me.
0: Are we... It's like we're we're very alternative. Like we didn't go down the usual path of get married, have kids straight away, um, and all of that. And like we're living in our own house now. We haven't bought it. We're renting it at the moment. But now we're going van life. So we're very different in that perspective. As in, like we we want to share that you don't have to go down the typical path of what sort of laid out like school, then marriage, kids, house, all of that because. I left school quite early, you did things a bit differently as well, just in your career and your transitions and stuff, and yeah, just like, we were meant to get married, when was it, like, 2019, 2018 yeah, in March, maybe? we booked that in,
1: the event, the, ve- the venue, everything was booked in, and then we pulled the pin, yeah. was it a couple of months before we were supposed to get married?
0: We were meant to get married in February, and then I pulled the pin in, I think, late October, so yes. it was probably around this time last year. Last year or the year before all I forget. Before, year before. yeah, so women get married and we're like, why are we spending so much money and on a, a day that didn't even feel about us anymore? Like we we're trying to like I was I was literally planning this thing to please all the family and do the thing like, yeah, you do this event and that event and it just wasn't us. like we're not really like that. like I've never really dreamt about a wedding or it wouldn't
1: have been the wedding that we've wanted it no. was more geared towards family.
0: And it was sort of just like, get it done. Let's just get it yeah, done yep. and then we can, you know, start to settle. But we just ripped that rider. Like I, I stopped handing out the invitations. I remember you saying to me, baby, you're going to finish handing out these invitations. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'll get around to it. And then, yeah, I had a conversation with one of my besties, Tanya, and she's like, this is like, are you sure you want to get married? I'm like, yes, I want to get married to Mark. Like, I'm not, no doubt about that, but this is not my wedding. And I fit, and she's like, you know, you can change it up to be yours and Mark's and make it more you guys. And I'm like, I feel like I'm putting flowers on a pile of shit right now. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, not us. I'm just like, nah, I'm just, we'll deal with it later. We'll do it when it's really in alignment. And we're going to do it like really how Mark and Laura are gonna yeah, I love
1: it That's love. We, we we go on these. I guess we go on these these dream states and conversations of of how we want to be married, how do we want to be married, what what the environment's going to look like. It's kind of like that law of attraction and manifestation. Yeah. And so it didn't feel in alignment, so we pulled the pin. But it's funny how I go tell my mates and I go, "Yeah, we pulled the pin on the wedding," and they're like, "Are you, are you guys what all right? Like he, <laughs> it, it, what's going on? Just, no, no. We did it. So then we diverted the funds into you know, Laura was running her bit, uh, starting up her Building. online business, yeah. and I was doing sort of my wanting to launch my online business and divert things. And I think that's where we'll go into this topic anyways, into the into the main topic of today's discussion. But yeah, where we can where we can refocus our energy, our time, our finances, and I guess bring it back down to what is essential, what is what is, what, what can we use uh that's minimal that it can also maximize our life but we've also got to look at the the big scope of i guess the planet and and the environment and so that's what we wanted to jump in today's podcast yeah i'll let you leave Right. Yeah,
0: today we really wanted to chat about, because there's a lot of climate change docos floating around, so there's... On it, Netflix? On Netflix. Yes. So there's the Our Planet and... With David Attenborough. With David Attenborough. He's
1: got such a soothing voice when he, talk, I know. When he talks about <laughs> animals and insects and...
0: He's yeah yeah he's perfect narrator. I
1: I grew up with him like yeah, yeah very young watching his stuff Docco so yeah but anyway There was
0: there was his Docco and then there was also Kiss the Ground Chris
1: agree, Kiss, Kiss the, the ground. ground with Woody Harrison. Woody
0: narrating, Harrison was yep. narrating that. Um I love Woody. Really well done. If yes. I was have to ch- if I had to choose between the both yep. it would have to be Kiss the Ground because I feel like they actually focused on educating yeah. the audience instead of. I found David Attenborough's like not hating on him or anything because I feel it's brought a lot of awareness yeah. to a lot of people. It's woken a lot of people wake up from fear and it sort of gave that sort of fear message of like you know wake up you you're harming the planet that it is in trouble sort of thing. But um, yeah, I felt like there was a few gaps that were missing and I feel like there wasn't a whole solution in what you can actually do as an individual because i'm all about education yeah like what like i want to give you the action steps so i feel kiss the ground did a better job at doing that yeah but we just want to sort of like open up and give you a lot more perspective in i guess how things that we consider yeah um and what we're going to start applying to our lives um We just want to give you some more of a holistic view and cast a wider net in what you can actually do to be of service to the planet instead of being like a parasite because Dave Hanbrough, he sort of says like humans are like the plague. He's been quoted saying that. That is cool. And I don't think humans are totally the problem. I think we can be such a force of good um, it's just we haven't really been taught how and what we can do. We've sort of been, yeah, conditioned to be consumers. I feel and to take over, innovate, which is a human trait. We're so innovative, and um, yeah, I feel like we can be such a force of good. We just need to broaden our knowledge, sort of look at the alternative. Which I hate the word alternative because it's actually how we always did it. We've yeah. just we've just gone so far away from it. So we have. Yeah, that's what I want to chat about today.
1: Yeah, let's dive into it. All like. about
0: the climate change.
1: <laughs> I'd I'd almost add to that as well. It's it's the the education that we've been uh, I guess like adopted and what we've what we've sort of what we've experienced. So a lot of the times, and I did talk to Laura about this this morning about how we've become so specialized in our field, and then we outsource uh, either the government or other communities or services to do the work for us. And I think. Where we've where we've sort of pivoted and lost our way a little bit is now instead of us learning how to look after our health our our environment and and the planet herself we we then outsource other people to do it so but we can still do our our bit and our part whether it's small or big uh, or whether it's uh, we constantly just keep trying to improve the way we do things and I'm not saying like for a lot of people that may have a a, a lifestyle where you might buy a lot of food outside or, or even fast food it's not the transition from going fast food straight to organic grass-fed beef because that transition does take time and although some people can go cold turkey with like say quitting smoking or alcohol or anything of those things. It, it it can work for some people, and it doesn't work for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, so, sustainable, like to be able to sustain. Yeah, that change.
1: it needs to be that stepping stone. And I can go another bit bit further with this because I'm one that that, that I, I promote sort of minimalist footwear, so so running barefoot. Um, and for people that that think that that's the way to fix their feet, fix and strengthen, and be be more minimalistic, but also be more primal in the way. Uh, the human biomechanics works in in running in that in that footwear or no footwear. Some people can do that, and they can actually do a lot more damage mm-hmm. in 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 breaking their feet. So it takes that transitional phase. Slow that,
0: transition. Yeah. So
1: I think I think what we're gonna what we're gonna be talking about is these transitions that we can take to then eventually get to
0: living more in harmony yeah harmony
1: but like providing for that that climate change that that we're heading in that direction so that they call it six is it six extinction extinction
0: they're talking about yeah
1: Yeah. so so humans are contributing to the problem but we're not necessarily the problem um because there are obviously a lot of people out there creating solutions innovating Mm. and, and trying to make this movement happen we hope to be part of that that community to try and um come from a, obviously a suburb because we grew up in suburbia so we didn't grow up on the farm we didn't grow up grow up you know in a tribe and we still want to make it practical and pragmatic in a sense that we we come from suburbia we live in the, this fast environment this outsourced environment and how we're changing our environment to be able to help the bigger picture and so
0: and it can be small tweaks and we're, we're going to lay out a whole bunch of things to just bring awareness to. And this isn't to say literally you should be doing it all or you're failing. It's more no, like, oh, no, no. it's that compound growth. I always talk about this to my girls in my hub and just people in general. It's it's those little changes that compound into making a difference. So it's not the all or nothing. It's not that if you're not doing it all, you're failing or you're you're harming Mother Earth. It's... It's that slow transition and just building little bit by little bit. So we haven't, like we didn't go from living how we used to live to how we live now and how we want to be living. It's that slow build and that slow application of building those habits because it is a lifestyle change. Like we're so used, like we're so comfortable living our cushy lives and a lot of the time with comfortability or Mm. living that in our comfort zone and I guess in, yeah, modern world comfort, like we've got our couches, we've got our heating, cooling, like all of that, that is all contributing. It's really for our own comfort. Um, Yeah. There's this massive consumerism Mm -hmm. around buying a big house and then filling it with a whole bunch of furniture. And sometimes like we're not, it's not maximized the space. So maybe I'm going to hand it to Mark because he's all about the minimalism.
1: Yeah, 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 Let's 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 dive into that. So I I jumped into minimalism quite probably about uh, half a decade, probably a little bit over, and that was that was sparked because I got to watch the minimalism documentary, which is still on Netflix. So check it out.
0: Yes, a good one on Netflix. Yeah,
1: and then I ended up reading the book, and and, and then I I also went to go see them live. I think it's Ryan. I forget their name, Ryan. Um the the authors see them live in the city but they were they were chockers they were the line was they have to do two two live presentations because there was just that many people that was interested in the minimalist movement so their background is obviously they worked in corporate and they got the white they got the condos they got the cars they got the holidays but they were doing 80 plus hours a week and they were so unhappy and as soon as um their mum actually passed away and then they had to get rid of a lot of this junk and they started to realize that how much they actually had was actually making them depressed and they were actually in alignment with what they wanted to do. So they got rid of a lot of things and this whole minimalism, minimalism movement uh, sparked up and I caught on to that. And I started looking at my life. What What is it that actually really need? Because we tend to look at things and especially this is speaking out to a lot of people that hoard. All right, I come from a, a family <laughs> background. I'm I'm Filipino. Um, and also a shrine, but like my, my parents, they're, they're hoarders. You know, shout out to my dad. He just loves, you know, <laughs> even the smallest screw who'll keep, who'll just hit? and you go to his garage. He's just he, like, he,
0: he, extended his yeah, garage he, to fit more
1: <laughs> He builds a shelf in front of a shelf and he's got like all these hands, so My old man, is an inspiration for me because he's a backyard uh, carpenter, but it's just a, uh, a man that can do many, has many talents. Hmm. And I think that's where minimalism comes to, for me is it's hard to let go of things, but it feels great to let it go. And what you what you tend to realize is when we talk about minimalism, it's not that you have to get rid of all the materialistic things that you own, because there's some things that I love in life that I'll, I'll keep and I'll have, but they're just like, the, it's more about quality than quantity. How many actually pairs of shoes do you really need? When you ask yourself that question, same with like, uh, I guess, furniture. And we can we can merge materialism with minimalism, and what I find like over over the years, the more I get rid of, the more my body becomes stronger and more robust. So if we go back into say Laura was talking about furniture, because in our home we don't have furniture.
0: We do have furniture. It's all upcycled, but
1: Yeah, it's we not, don't
0: have like the table and chairs it's not couches, that we sit on. We,
1: it's not we don't the, have a
0: couch, we don't have a TV. No,
1: it's none of that stuff. It's 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 we become the it, 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 there's a saying that goes, You are what you eat, all right. So if you eat a burger, you become a burger. Not really. <laughs> but what about the analogy of you are what you absorb? So if you tend to sit down a lot or eat burgers a lot, you're absorbing the what we what you can either say nutrients or information because and everything has information. So if you sit on a chair, the same goes, as you become the chair, not really. You end up tightening a lot of your muscles and your ligaments and your joints. Where if you're sitting on the floor, you then are able to sense pain because of the stiffness, right? Because if you're on a chair or a couch or a sofa, you get so you comfortable. The couch. Yeah, you <laughs> you can watch a whole like episode, like, like a whole season of Friends, and not have to move because you're so comfortable. Yeah. And that's the ergonomics that we've created in this industry, this ergonomics that that now reshapes the human body out of alignment because that becomes our new – your new normal becomes your new natural, all right? So that becomes your new comfortable position where if you're sitting on the floor, it's really uncomfortable.
0: It is at the start.
1: Right? At the start because <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm so tight. like, the hips and, and you start to – analyze where you are tight and where you, how you can move differently. So you start to fidget, you start to mobilize different joints and you're not going to get that in a sitting in a chair or a couch.
0: But it keeps you moving. I think that's the most important yes. thing. It's like you're not going to sit for hours and hours and hours in the same spot because I know how easy that is to do, like working a desk job or things like that. But when you're sitting on the ground, you're not only getting that full range of motion where you actually, you have doing like Sitting on the ground, just like in your culture, the Philippines, Vietnam, they all sit on the ground or in a squat position and their range of movement all the way up into later life is amazing. Like your dad can still squat where my dad – I think it would be a bit, but even my pop, for example, he, his chair has literally gotten all the way up. Like he just has to hinge his hips to sit because he has lost all of that range of motion to be able to get onto the ground and consuming less or having less can actually benefit your body because- Sometimes comfortability is like a breeding ground for disease. Like since the modern day, like industrial revolution, we've become so comfortable, we've become consumers mm. and it's not necessarily serving us or the environment. And that's, I guess, what we want to talk about today is the environment. So do we need 10 different chairs or four different couches and like always updating the electronics and the yeah. TVs because that all those minerals that are used to make those TVs are drawn from our environment, and you're fueling the like. Uh, I remember you read a book talking about like iPhones, like every like you're supporting conflict minerals. Do you want to talk about that because you yeah. read that book?
1: Yeah, definitely. So that came from would uh, would have been Katie bowman I think she mentioned it in her book Movement Matters. So I highly recommend those that really want to make a transition and look at how nature does it and how we're doing it. And she, she's probably decades, that book probably is decades ahead of its game. Mm. So she really fleshes out and pulls back the curtain on uh, if you're not moving, somebody somebody else is moving for you. And so when, when she speaks about that, she speaks about the things that we're outsourcing. So a lot of our products may come from China, India, overseas. And so they're moving for us. And so we're, we're, we become more passive and static and then in the same sense, the conflict minerals that's harvested in Africa, they're actually people or would I'd I'd call them they're probably still in they're in slavery, right? Yeah. They live their life on all fours, crawling, harvesting conflict minerals that then gets processed and used in our Phones, te- yeah, technology, TV, all that iPads, other things. Yes.
0: Cameras, all of it and
1: We don't realize that where that, you know, and this is probably one of the biggest, biggest uh, takeaway. If you can get one thing from this is you're voting with your dollars. So what you end up purchasing without even realizing, is it fair trade? Is it sustainable? Is it, or is it certified either organic, fair trade? Um, Does it come from an FSC where it's like, uh, was it forestry of um, where the, where the materials, the
0: wood and stuff. Yeah. It's
1: just more of a, where it actually comes from. We don't look into that. We look at face value and and what it can do for us. Like we get excited, new iPhones coming out, we'll stand in line, but we don't understand what we're supporting. So not to make you feel bad that, because I own an iPhone, Laura owns an iPhone, iPhone, we've got technology, but we rarely update our phones.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's where like you don't have to stop buying an iPhone, for example, but I know usually on a contract, it's a 24 month contract. And then you get the option to upgrade for free to the newest iPhone. So you're supporting that demand. So it's not to say that you should never upgrade, but could you push it out a year or two instead of that constant updating? Um, So it's not to say that you shouldn't consume any of these, but maybe be mindful of how much you are cycling through these things. And because the reason why I want to bring up this is because David Attenborough says that we should try slow or reduce population growth. Yeah. Which, yeah, it could be a solution because I understand his um, thoughts around that because every individual, they're going to have to consume food, shelter, like they're going to consume from the environment. So every human that's born is a consumer naturally. But not everyone consumes the same amount. Some people live a very minimalistic life and others, especially in the West, we live a very lavish life in a lot of cases. So it's, I think, yeah, you could try reduce, like in- encourage slowing the population growth and educating people around how many kids they have. Things like, yeah, it's one approach, but I I think education around consumerism and materialism yes. is so much more important of a conversation yes. because not everyone's consuming equal.
1: Yeah, and it's not to rob you from your pleasures. Like we we talk about like enjoy enjoyment and, and having these things. We're not trying to say you're bad or you shouldn't own these things. We're, what we're trying to say is the education of because once you once you get educated in understanding where it comes from, what you're supporting, and how you can how you can actually help with climate change, but also help with the with the cause, not just with with climate change, but also in your community and your family because you eventually essentially are a teacher or an influencer in your environment and the people around you are observing and watching what you're doing. So, so in a way you're, you can, you can then, what's the, what's the saying of like, you can um, go like going against the grain, um, but it's your protest against what the, these big companies and these big marketing media and, and, and ways they manipulate us to to as soon as we get that that item or that brand new ute or car or whatever it is we that novelty wears out once that novelty goes guys I mean we've all we've all experienced it right we've got that new toy we love it we play with it and all of a sudden it's like we want to upgrade again because we're then manipulated marketed I want that new and then what is it what's the you need 16 exposures, exposures before you actually want to purchase something so now you've got a lot of adverts on YouTube. And now they're coming on, uh, social media. Yeah,
0: it's everywhere. And man.
1: you go on like, and, oh, in- and they know it because they 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 manipulate also their algorithm. So you may mention something about, say, I want to get a, you know, I want to get a new phone. Then all these phone ads start popping up on your
0: your phone listens to you yeah. no on your line that's not good but yeah there is like you give permission for the microphone to be used and listened to in like when you accept the app so yeah when you're talking about i want a new bikini your phone will start showing you bikini ads or it could be a case of you typed in bikini and started looking through Google and then that's linked to your Instagram account and then you start getting ads through there. I guess we're conditioned so much to sh- show us the new things, what we're missing out on and there's this new thing and this new shiny toy and we want it because we're getting advertised it. Yeah, so-
1: add to that is like, it just it just robs us of, of what what true happiness is, guys. Like, I, I've, yes. I've, I've done some time and been able to experience, uh, being able to build overseas, whether it's in Thailand or Philippines. And I kid you not, we go to the villages, and they're, they're, they're so high in life. They're, and they're so high when they just get to see you, and they're just like, wow. And they're just, they're smiling, they're playing. They, they might even just play with, like, a soccer ball, and they all want you to enjoy the experience together. And and they don't have a lot. They, they come from orphanages. And, and i look at that and i go wow have we got it backwards like you know is, is something wrong with us because we we, we feel this emptiness this mm. void and we keep wanting to fill that up whether it's with drugs and we can talk about like alcohol how we, we we're, we're trying to numb ourselves out from the the reality of the life we're living all right or, or, or even we, food yeah emotionally getting food into the belly and feeling this comfort and then all of a sudden i still feel like shit I want. I want to. I want to buy something now, and so we mm-hmm. constantly try and get that dopamine hit. Whether it's jumping on social media and then and then getting that scroll and, and feeling that buzz and feeling that high, and then all of a sudden you haven't actually done anything. And this is this is where we we've spoken about this is. You start to live this life vicariously, so you actually aren't doing it, but you're witnessing. So you might be watching a movie, like, and you 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 watch it, or even guys that watch UFC and they go, they watch the UFC fight and they are battling it out, whether it's Conor McGregor, or yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, they're all just screaming, they're drinking their booze, and all of a sudden like, the fight ends, and he goes, I, you know, you feel like a man when it's happening. You feel like you're in the fight, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, and then you walk away like. And the drilling kicks in, so sort of like we yeah. work. It's almost as if we were in the ring, but we weren't in the ring. And so we, me and Laura, we want to really get into the. Let's start being involved, and let's start taking action. Let's be in the ring, and let's start to make these slow, steady uh, steps towards uh, bettering uh, ourselves first and foremost. Because it does start with the self. It starts with the individual. I've always, I've, I've, I've always said that you've got to learn to lead yourself first before you can help lead others. And so when you when you start working and focusing on yourself and me and Laura have gone down that road of personal development you were um, actually
0: my first mentor that's how we met Yeah I okay, yeah. <laughs> another story for another day Yeah I will say that for another day but yeah just
1: just the personal development side or even just travel or learning or going to a workshop I think the education so uh, learning learning about how things uh, and this is where the education comes in so, yeah I've gone a bit of a tangent here but where we wanted to go with is is where Woody Harrison was talking about with the regenerative side of agriculture because we consume a lot of food on a day-to-day basis like the things that we do consume on a daily basis would have to be water food uh and that those would energy and energy yeah Yeah, yeah, electricity so those are really the main ones but in the in the movie the documentary on Netflix highly recommend it check it out kiss the ground
0: oh do you want to talk about yeah you go for it The, so Woody Harrison, he talks about, so there's this talk about carbon and I guess greenhouse gases and things like that. So I think a lot of people are familiar with, we have a footprint, like a carbon footprint in how we live our lives. So some people have a lower carbon footprint, other people have a really high carbon footprint. And there's lots of things that contribute to your footprint, like how much water you consume. If you're wasting a lot of food, your electricity, how much plastics you're using, like single use plastics um, and also the food that you're consuming. So when you're consuming um, factory farmed meat or conventionally raised um, meat in like a confined environment, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of energy and creates a lot of carbon in the atmosphere um, as opposed to the grass-fed meat, so and also driving your car, using heating and cooling, flying in a plane—they all compound into carbon. And what this movie was speaking to was how, like, our food choices and what farmers we um, support can really impact our carbon footprint, and also help reduce the generational impact of like what we've created in the atmosphere. So that our atmosphere is currently filled with a lot of carbon, which the conventional agriculture they're actually tilling the soils and then like destroying the top soils and it's actually desertifying the earth so it's actually creating soil that's unusable and what happens generationally like they say we only have 60 harvests left so it's not sustainable what we're doing in the agriculture sense so voting with your dollar in what food you're supporting so are you supporting organic regenerative farmers or are you supporting conventional agriculture? And (laughs) conventional agriculture is so dominant right now. It's the main choice in the supermarket. It's just your usual grain fed meats and your conventional produce, which is usually sprayed with a lot of chemicals and all of that. So what the other side, the organic and regenerative agriculture does is actually helps take carbon from the atmosphere and put it back in the soil. So soil health has a lot to do with climate change. So the more carbon that we can pull out of the atmosphere and put back in the soil where it belongs, the global warming effect is going to reduce. Watch the film. They're going to be so much more articulate than me. They do a great job. (laughs) But it's a big topic to discuss, but I highly recommend watching the film. But basically what I want to say is that when you're supporting organic local produce, that's um, farmed intentionally, whether it be plants or animals, you are supporting the environment. You're regenerating the environment because they've said that if we start to transition over to this way, we can actually down-regulate all the damage that we've done, basically. Yeah. To global warming and climate change and all of that. So it's why we support organic grass-fed animal products because there is one option. So David Attenborough talks about you should let the earth rewild and you should potentially go vegan, which ticked me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to on that.
0: Because it, it's not the only option. And I don't like to give people just one option because there's many options. Yes, you could totally let the earth rewild and you can potentially go vegan. But the other alternative is
1: you can go in a direction where I think that Although, you, like we are saying, you don't have to go 100% organic, but you can still go seasonal. So there's a transition of like baby steps and slow steps in moving that direction. I know when asparagus comes around, you look at it at Woolworths or Coles, and it comes from bloody Mexico. You've got berries that come from Chile, like strawberries, frozen berries, all these type of things. So buy or purchase and support local farmers, first and foremost, support them. And then when you start to realize how much more of you can make an impact and how much more you want to invest and vote with your dollars, then you can start supporting your local uh, organic farmers um, and also grass-fed meats uh, and pasture-fed animals. And then also you don't realize that the food becomes more of quality, nutritional dense as opposed to ones that's being chemically sprayed and also monocrop. So there's a difference between, and I think the big takeaway from David Adamer's uh, documentary was the was the biodiversity that we require within our ecosystem so when he talks about biodiversity it's a mixed blend of of animals insects plants human and like the the human part is what I what what pissed us off because it almost made it feel like that because it starts the scene where it's in Russia and there's a nuclear plant that that melted and obviously everyone evacuated. Can't remember the 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 full details. Mm-hmm. And then now you look at it and it's all like regenerated. There's wild animals and it's like it almost makes you think that humans are the the issue and we should just like pretty much what, what were you saying? Where
0: pretty the message was we just need to let the place rewild and yeah, but then oh, also the parasy-
1: the po- yeah we're the parasites yeah. and then it's like we're we're overpopulated to. So so it makes you think that like humans are the problem, and we should maybe depopulate, but also go on a, a diet that might not be in our best interest to actually help with our health, because mm. there are like you mentioned in your previous podcast about people that that can go on a, on a vegan diet. There can be some repercussions and, and and development stuff like that. Where I think that if we support regenerative practices of of farming, whether it's permaculture, and we'll talk about that another day, because I'm starting to. To, to, to look at permaculture design and how we can how that, how that can be influenced in the way we design our landscape, our, our garden, our house. And I think these are more important because you've got to remember that to work with the land as opposed to work against it, I think what Laura was mentioning, what they mentioned also in Kiss the Ground, the documentary, is we've been doing monocropping, right? So we just have a land just filled with corn and so or you wheat get or soy. yeah, or wheat or soy, and we get we attract certain insects that actually eat the crop because there's no biodiversity, so you don't have certain uh, plants or other other animals that eat certain insects, and there's this ecosystem that's created from a natural environment. So we as humans have the ability to design it in a way that works with nature rather than against. And so Laura mm. was talking about the tillings, so and now. Every, every time they plant, they till, they start to destroy the soil, the, 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 the microbiome. microbiome.
0: Yeah, the, the microbiology in the soil actually helps us as well, because they've also mentioned in the film that, um, yeah, you can grow plants inside, which is an option. But humans are meant to work with nature and we're meant to be in relationship with it we actually get beneficial bacteria from our food growing in nature. So when we support permaculture farmers or um, regenerative farmers, they actually create more biodiversity. So yes, one option would be to leave the earth alone and let it rewild. Or it could just be support biodiverse farmers or people who or biodynamic farmers, all of that. So there's an option. We humans can design things, as you say, in a regenerative way. And a lot of I think you talk about the sustainability, like, yeah, we can aim for sustainability, but to sustain what we're currently living, like how a lot of us humans are living, it would take six Earth. And it also comes back to not only the food that you're eating, but also how much you're consuming. So the type of food you're consuming are you consuming a lot of food that's wrapped in plastic really processed because obviously those things like if you consume a lot of canned drinks and plastic wrapped things because it's it's insane to me how much food is wrapped in plastic but also the more packaged you go or the more artificial and processed you go the more your contribution to climate change is in not the best way So food choices not only comes down to whether it's organic or local produced and things like that, but it's also, are you over consuming food is a sensitive, but also really important question. And this isn't to say that you should never touch it, but a lot of people's diets are predominantly made up of these things in some cases. So really, it comes down to you voting with your dollar. So supporting local, buying organic, grass-fed, free-range animal products, consuming less packaged foods, stop spraying garden spray, like as in the weed killer in your backyard, because that's degenerating the soil microbiology. And maybe growing some of your own food, trying out composting. So you can have a little compost bin because all of that waste that goes into the dump it's not being separated and it's creating more methane gases and things like that or greenhouse gases and just support the companies that are doing the right thing
1: yeah i totally agree and so where i want to because where people that might be listening to this podcast is maybe there might be a single male or single female or there might be a family and so where they may already be stuck in their ways or they're wanting uh, to 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 be re-educated. And this is where I look at it it doesn't have to like we were talking about before, it doesn't have to be all at once. And where you can start to make the investment would obviously be what you what you eat, the food, the money that you spend. Have a look at around your environment, how much things you own, how much you can actually Get rid of and maybe, uh, and maybe either you can either sell or give away, and then start to look at maybe where is it that you want to go in life, and what is it that actually would make the biggest return. So, say for example, I I obviously follow the minimalist movement, and I still have things that that I own, but I don't, I haven't like being a carpenter and a builder. I don't, I haven't bought a brand new Hilux. I've always wanted to, but I never did, and, and eventually I end up selling for a, a two thousand three Toyota Hilux. But what I love about it is the uh, the stigma, not the stigma, the, the reputation that, that my youth is, is known as the unbreakable. And the more technology advances, the more it requires specialized trades to do and fix, fix up the car. So for me to be able to learn how to fix my own car, learn how to service it, learn how to, uh, the skill sets required, I think this comes back down to skill sets. So for those that want to learn how to garden, you've got to start to research and, and acquire those skill sets, and you'll start to be more empowered, you'll start to be more com- competent, you'll start to be feel more confident, and then you'll be able to share that knowledge, and, and I think this is where people can start to upskill, so it's a matter of, yes, get educated, and yes, be more conscious and be aware of what's happening around the environment, but also start to upskill, so maybe you'll have to go watch a couple of YouTube videos, watch a couple of documentaries, be inspired to know that you you do count, you can make a change. And you can also make a career out of this. And it doesn't have to be a successful setup the way they they, they pursue success as in you gotta make millions of dollars of a career and you gotta live this lavish lifestyle. Where we feel like we've we're we're living on top of the, the mountain. Like we've we've got we've struck gold. We've we've dug our, our acres of diamonds. Like we, we feel so accomplished so fulfilled we're on our, our mission and we may be downsizing into a van but how, like we spoke about this a while ago how much do we own in weight that we can carry with us a lot of people have so much
0: weighing weight. them down yeah. literally anchors, um, they're, anchors. they're rooted
1: down into the ground
0: with a mortgage 100 animals like lots of things. finances
1: and and not to say that you've you've messed up it's more of the way society has, had, or, or the status signaling that we've set up for ourselves—that we've got to keep up with the Joneses, we've got to have the latest gadgets, furniture, house, and make ourselves look su- successful—and I love it because we could be on the road, we can we can some we get into an accident, forbid we, we don't, but we get into an accident, the the van becomes a write-off, and that's our home, right? And we go, oh poor us, and we can play the victim. Or we can see that as a blessing. Like, hang on, we've got the knowledge and the understanding to rebuild. We're not like we mm-hmm. haven't depended. We haven't depended on a on a specialized skill set. Like, say a lot of like say for people that that do have jobs. And and Laura comes from a, a trading background as well. So she she was a hairdresser. Age fourteen, you started or fifteen? Fifteen. Fifteen. She started hairdressing, but she doesn't just cut hair. I mean, she she's she's worked herself. up. It didn't stop up. there. <laughs> yeah, it no. did, it doesn't stop there. So don't define yourself as your career. And I know that some people have to humble themselves, and this is where the ego gets in the way. And learn, start to start to do little projects DIY. Go and maybe do a little project. Maybe be a bit more hands on. Be
0: willing to be a beginner. Yeah, you
1: have to. You have to constantly keep. And sometimes you have to fail and learn, and sometimes you have to work with other people as well to collaborate. So I've learned that in my field in carpentry, in business, in maybe martial arts, in um, other different disciplines. The more you can start to have this eclectic, multidisciplinary approach to life, I think the more of a, of a, a, a skill but also a practical individual you become, and you start to imp- inspire others. You start to create this ripple effect. And it's not that you're smarter than them. It's just more that you 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 invested that time into yourself. That when everything goes and it gets taken from you, you can still rebuild. Mm. And you've, you've you you've you've got it. You can you can still uh, be you. You can still uh, still.
0: No one can't take that knowledge away from you. Yes, but your material possessions can go. You don't own it. You no don't one owns own it. it. And I think piggybacking off what you were saying is that when you start to invest time in yourself and educating yourself and i guess building some skill sets and um, just knowledge you a lot of it falls away like you're you're less interested in maybe the material things or trying to fill voids because i feel some people are trying to fill, fill a void which is what i was doing a lot with shopping i used to shop a lot when i was unhappy and then when i w- made the transition to start Reading books and educating myself so much for my change. Like I was no longer trying to chase a high or to eat to fill a void. It was more of a like I'm investing in myself. So once you make that shift, you shift away from being a consumer into being a producer for yourself and empowering yourself. You're giving that energy back to yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's really essentially where it comes back to down to you guys. So. Yeah, on on bouncing around in in many different areas, we spoke about the the two documentaries. We we like both, but we highly recommend "Kiss the Ground." Yeah, the David Attenborough one was it One Planet? Is that our one? planet? Our planet. Okay, so that that one watch it and it almost like some documentaries and just be wary; they can be very biased and and they can put an a, an agenda behind it. And I saw me and Laura saw straight through it. It did. It does give awareness to a lot of people because some people can work on fear to get to get inspired or make change. Yeah, it can and then, help
0: some people wake up.
1: Yeah, but it's the carrot and stick. I'd rather, rather yeah. than an extrinsic motivation to try and get things done, it's got to be intrinsic. So, so if you think about how why would I want to make the change? Well, how do you think the next say decade to century is going to affect your grandchildren? And your children, like you, got to look. You got to think deeper than that. You may not think further, further beyond that. But tribal, I think they they look at the next seven, seven generations, generations. They're thinking that far ahead. We're only thinking what's in front of us, right? And there's a difference between mind sight and eyesight. So we only see what's visual right now, but we're not looking beyond that. So maybe take some time as well. Maybe maybe meditate on it and start to settle in with what you can do right now and and how we can, how you can see the bigger picture. And so with climate change, with global warming, not going to say it's all doom and gloom because I think people have the power. And I love this quote. It's from, from a book that I read in, I I flicked through it. It was in Siaga in the Philippines. So we got to spend on acreage of, of coconut palm trees and, and, and in that environment we'll, I think it we was really like a little tiny home, really made out of bamboo, yeah, and it. um, and there was a book in there. It was the Barefoot Architect. And I remember flipping the first page, and it came up with a Chinese proverb. Quote goes: "Making plans for one year, we plant rice. Making plans for ten years, we plant trees. Making plans for one hundred years, we prepare the people." And I think this is where we have the opportunity. Knowing that if we keep going the way we're going, we may ex- we may become extinct, or we can be the solution and collaborate as a collective to make this world a better place. And I think that is more empowering. That is more satisfying, more fulfilling. And knowing that we can transition careers, we can downsize, and the less you have, the more you have. I feel. I feel like we
0: invest in experiences mostly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it it really comes down to just doing your little part. Um, just take something and take action on it, whether it just be being more mindful of how much you're consuming, or where you're investing your money. Like investing it, can also
1: be about your superannuation. Yes, who you, who who although that's your you know your retirement fund, but was it invested in uh ethical companies?
0: Yeah, you can do that. We actually called up our super, and I said I wanted actually to only use my superannuation because your super um, companies they will invest your money in various places to make, a lot profit, of the, yeah. to make profit and to build your super so if you're investing like you asked to only invest in ethical companies who are doing the right thing so it really comes down to being more mindful and the choice is yours and obviously you don't always like it's not always going to be the perfect choice but actually just having the awareness and having that thought of the future generation and just doing your little part, it all adds up.
1: Yeah. Also go out uh, outdoors, flick off your shoes, ground yeah, yourself. Be
0: with her. Just
1: get a bit wild. Rewild really yourself a little bit. Go yeah. out and and, and, and enjoy what, what Mother Nature has provided for us. Because I think the disconnection we have with nature herself, that becomes more we and that's why we pursue a lot of artificial I guess, pleasures or artificial environments or artificial containers. I mean, these are the things that that if we start to understand a bit more about her and how we can collaborate, whether it's just through a little garden or whether it's just going out for a walk down to the beach. Um, and it can be sometimes, you know, because like I come from also a background of, of, of fitness and health. And lately I read a book by Frank Frochich, Uh, exuberant animal, and talks about fast fitness versus slow movement, talks about fast food versus slow food movement. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get back into slowing things down. like just, Just gaze upon the landscape and just take a breath, slow things down. I know it can be very, I guess, addictive doing, say, for example, fast fitness. But over the years, I've actually... Cancelled my gym membership. That was just five years ago, almost a de- half a decade. Laura's done the same. And we've yeah, got... when I
0: met you, I stopped going to the gym.
1: Yeah, and it's just it just doesn't feel right for us anymore. Like I still train, I still get my fitness. I have built a little backyard movement gym, uh, outdoors, and, and also our fitness becomes walking. We love going on hikes. I'm using event... our
0: body. Yeah, using well. your body
1: and in and ways de- and, and throughout the day. And I think this is the connection we need, the piece of the puzzle. So I I I have said in my previous podcast that I definitely want to get into some hunting and and harvesting and all that type of stuff because then I I get to really harvest my own food and know what type of food I'm getting as opposed to supporting I guess farmers that aren't doing really the ethical part or really aren't supporting a system that is is regenerative, right? So we don't want to talk about sustainable because Sustainable can sometimes not be the best for the planet. And so, yeah, I wanted to add that in as well, yeah.
0: So just to tie it in a little bow, being conscious around your food choices, how much plastic wrapped food or packaged food you're consuming. Are you over consuming? How much are you actually buying? Material wise, like mm. are you buying a lot of or upgrading a lot of products and consuming a lot? Are you supporting local or are you getting things shipped internationally a lot? Uh, your water usage, what farmers you're supporting? Because I do agree that we aren't living in relationship with nature anymore, there is devastating habitat loss. Wild places have become domesticated and we are losing biodiversity, but things like permaculture and your choices do make a big, big difference. So we really hope that this gave you a little bit of inspiration in how you can do your little piece. Um, As I said, you don't have to do it all, but just having that awareness and consciousness around the footprint you're leaving, whether it be a degenerative footprint or a regenerative footprint, because we humans, I truly believe, we truly believe that we can have a positive impact and we can work with mother nature to rebuild and support her. So please don't underestimate what you can possibly do, because there is a lot one can do. And it's so beyond just leaving nature alone and saying no to a straw. There's a lot of things that you can do. We've been slowly building from like just consuming a little bit less. We obviously still buy things, but we're more conscious of how much we're actually consuming, but also yeah, the farmers that we're supporting. We've slowly built that up. So I hope you consider some of the things that you can potentially apply in your life and just do your little bit. So thanks for listening. We would love to hear what little piece of what we've said that you might try on and apply in your own life.
1: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Mala Movement. Thanks so much, Laura, for inviting me on your podcast. It's oh, you're our,
0: welcome, babe. It's, <laughs> it's now ours. It's ours now. So,
1: yeah, number 11 this is?
0: 11. 11? 11. 11.
1: Wow. Okay. And so we're now going to explore this alternative lifestyle, which we have been practicing for a little bit, but we're gonna downsize and hopefully you guys can jump on our journey. Come come check out what we're doing and what we wanna share with you guys because I think that we are all on our own mission, but we can definitely collaborate and create this bigger vision that's really gonna help change this world and make it a better place and for the next seven generations yes. onwards. And I think that's really important.
0: Absolutely. We'll tag our little Instagram. It's basically mala.movement Movement, and it's M A L L A, and that was. It's pretty much just a combo of both of our names, basically.
1: Mark my first two digits. Laura. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no! That's
0: good. That's good. My
1: first two, two digits. Yes. Digits, yes. letters, and Laura, and then obviously this. My surname is double L, and we we have Laura's first two letters of her name, so. That's how we got Mala together. (laughs) And it's funny because traditionally in the Philippines, the first son or the eldest son is the two names of the parents combined together.
0: So we're keeping the tradition alive there by combining the first two letters of the names. Yeah, Yep all right enjoy the rest of your week beautiful people we will speak to you next week oh and let us know if you want any like anything you want us to chat about would love some questions all right let's do it all right see you bye gotcha. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's our mission to keep freedom of speech and holistic traditional wisdom alive in a time of such wild censorship. So please, if you've gotten something out of this episode or you'd like to support our mission and message in any way, please leave us a review on whatever app you're listening from or even share a little snap of you listening into the podcast and tag us. We would love to see that. Thank you so much for your support. We'll chat to you next week. Bye.